Welcome to the Ditch the Suits podcast, where we get real about the stuff no one in the financial world wants you to know about. Learn how you can better manage your family's wealth while protecting it from financial exploitation and so-called financial advisors. Here's to your financial awakening. Welcome your hosts, Steve Campbell and Travis Moss. Well, welcome back to Ditch the Suits. I'm Steve Campbell here with my co-host, Travis Moss. This is episode two, where we have a very important question to ask you. Are you really wealthy? Stay tuned. Let's break it down. So in this episode, Travis, we want to focus on this concept of wealth. It's a big word. I think a lot of times we all struggling uh, making sense of what does it actually mean? You know, you've worked with people, you've talked about wealth. Why don't you share some experiences you've had in working with people around this idea of wealth and what it means? Well, I think it's important um, to get an idea of really what wealth means, because I think when a lot of people hear wealth kind of right off the bat, they, they, you naturally gravitate towards money, right? Because it's normally a measurement of how much you have almost in a competitive nature versus somebody else. Like, like what makes you wealthy, right? Or what makes you rich? And it normally seems to be some kind of comparison, you know, like they used to have, um, uh, when I was growing up, everybody would talk about, well, you got to have a million dollars so you can retire one day. And what would I do with a million dollars? Or what would you do with a million dollars? Or, you know, people talking around the table, what would you do if you want Powerball and things like that, right? So, right. so wealth seems to come with a, a connotation of a certain amount of money. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that is a, maybe a fundamental misunderstanding of what money is, because money is a symbol of trade. Basically, we use dollars as it is um, to have a mutual agreement with you and I that if I give you $10, what can you do with $10, right? right. So if you, if you think about the whole, and it's not really... If you study the history of money, the barter system doesn't really exist as far as um, the way that people perceive it. But the idea is simple. Let's say you go way back when and you're trading with somebody and you need some milk and all you have is beaver pelts. <laughs> they look at you and go, I don't need beaver pelts, so you can't have any milk. Um, so why do you have currency? You have dollars because it's you know that you could go buy other things with your dollars, whether you're buying... Right beaver pelts or milk or sugar or whatever you're going to buy with them, right? So money is a symbol of trade, essentially. It, it, that's its point in our lives is to help us um, secure things, whether it's experiences, whether it's products, anything like that, right? Uh, so that we can have a better life, essentially, right? Why do you, why do you really, and I used to go around the country and I used to talk to um, actually young financial advisors uh, that were just starting in the profession. I would ask them, what is your dream, right? Mm-hmm. Well, money helps you kind of achieve your dream, but money can never be your dream. So people would say, well, I want to make X amount of money. Right. That's not the dream itself. Why do you need to make X amount of money? And they would say something like, well, because, you know, I want to have a nicer car or I want to have a house or I want to get married and have kids or or I want to put my kids through college or whatever I'm going to do with that money. Right. So it's not the money that you're dreaming about. It's the things that the money can do for you. Right. And that those things normally are going to match your value system. So. You know, if it's family oriented, normally the stuff that money's going to do is going to be to, you know, help you with your family, right? If you will. Yep. So, so money itself is just this tool that we're using. So, I'm going to throw money out of the definition of wealth. So, what is wealth then? If wealth isn't about how much money you have, exactly what would it be? 
I was um, at an event years ago that they did locally that was just, it was fascinating to me. It was um, a couple of foundations had gotten together and brought in a speaker. And the speaker came in and talked about what is wealth at the community level. And they were really getting at this idea that it's not about how much money per se is readily visible in the community. It has to do with the natural resources, the amount of young people, the the healthcare facilities, the quality of the schools, the the culture, right? The things that you can do. Um, So I had to do with a lot more things than just money, because if Mm -hmm. you have, if you talk to anybody with a lot of money and you say, you know, you think you're, you know, like, like what's the most important thing to you? Um, They don't all say my money as a lot of them will say, well, you know, um, my health, right? I mean, think about COVID and the experience everybody has been through. How many people would say money doesn't do you anything if you if you become sick, right? right? So yep. it's you know for some people it's health, for some people it's um, and we're going to get into it. Some examples we got for some people. Some people it's being able to travel and have experiences. Some people it's taking care of their kids. So it's it's got a different kind of connotation for everybody. And so really getting into the this idea that. Um, what does wealth mean from a stamp from a, from a universal standpoint to everybody? Because you also can't just say, "Well, it's whatever I want to call it," right? So there has to we have to ground this concept of wealth someplace so that we can, from a healthy standpoint, we can look and say, "I feel wealthy today." Okay, so mm-hmm. what does it mean if I say I feel wealthy, right? So what our goal today is is to kind of maybe set the ground floor for how you could say that um, and have a, a a deeper meeting than just, I feel like I have a lot of dollars today, right? Um, when you start to get into this, you start to see that this is, I think, from a grander scale, when you talk about wealth, um, I think one of the things you're talking about too is um, uh, not just uh, your personal situation, but the world that you live in, whether it's where you work, whether it's the community you live in, and the strength of those communities, which a lot of times gets into leadership and mentoring and those types of things. And this idea that I think it takes extraordinary people really to um, see through all the noise and get, you know, grounded a little bit on uh, how to truly build wealth, you know, not necessarily just build money, you know, piles and piles of money, but how to make it matter so that when they're gone one day and the money gets all spent by somebody else, um, there's a true impact that they left behind beyond just the the dollars and cents. I think this is such a great conversation because if 2020 did anything for all of us, it, it gave us all the ability to step back and say what's really important. Maybe if you're listening to this, you're a business owner, you've been wildly successful. Maybe you realize that your life was driven by schedules, being places to provide for the things that if somebody asked you, what's it all for? You would say, of course, this is for my family. But yet, if we looked at your own personal life and what you spent the most time on, that's actually what shows me what your values are. And so maybe 2020 made you think about your own life, your own legacy. What is this all for? Maybe you've accumulated a lot of money and you've realized, I'm still not happy. Maybe you've really stepped back and said, what I originally started in business 15, 20, 30 years ago as my foundation yeah. for getting started, I've really kind of gotten away from. And if 2020 yep. was anything, it was a reset button to step back and say, I, maybe I don't even know who I am. Truthfully, 
Because if you look at a lot of the people that we talk with, our cues from social media, from Hollywood, professional athletes, there are a lot of people that have accumulated what they would call their dreams, their money, the pinnacle of success, and yet find themselves completely unhappy. And so if we step back and really break down uh, in this, what is wealth, we want to give you some examples of what people would share with us, because maybe you got a good head start on what you think you're working for and your values. Maybe you just really need a good jump start to hear what other people are thinking about because you know you may say, you know what? That's something I want to be working yeah. towards. I like that. I didn't know other people were doing that. And so we want to give you some examples in these next couple of segments of what we've heard from individuals, couples, and families about what's important to them. And then how do you start to, to position yourself to get on the right track if maybe you found yourself a little off track in the last couple of years? Well, and I think that we need to also, I mean, for those on here saying, well, money is still important, you know, like I want to still be able to do things. So money is part of that wealth equation. It is. So we're going to also talk about how does money play into the equation of wealth, right? And Mm -hmm. that, and that kind of framework, because, you know, it's, it's certainly inappropriate to say, just disregard money in general and you'll be happy, right? Like you still need, you still need clothing, you still need housing, you still need a car. And, um, you still need money to have experiences that you want to have and, and things like that. So there is, there is a part place for money. The point that we're really going to make though, is all that stuff in a bubble mm-hmm. never makes people satisfied. Right. right. I mean, it'll keep you satisfied for a little while. Uh, but if it's materialistic in nature, you're always going to be hungry and jonesing for more, right? You never, you never reach personal satisfaction with it and neither do the people around you. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll talk about that. And we'll break that down. So Travis, part of the value of this podcast for listeners is that we want to give you some real life examples of things we hear, things we've heard that have really inspired us because we have a pretty incredible opportunity to hear from people from all walks of life. And I know you have something that somebody once shared with you that uh, that would be fun for us to break down. So why don't you go ahead and share that? So I have worked with um, somebody that I think has been like just deeply inspiring. Um mm-hmm. I wouldn't call them necessarily financially rich compared to, you know, somebody who's got millions of dollars in the bank or, you know, a, a $20 million business or something like that, but um, certainly financially successful. Um, and we did a campaign uh, a couple of years ago and we, we were asking all clients, Hey, how do you define wealth? Kind of walking them through this discussion to understand more what was important to them. Right. Um, and this particular person was was so inspiring because they actually do some traveling um, to underdeveloped nations and work with essentially students, like exchange students and stuff, and teach them about money, like the U.S. Ver- form of money, right. which, you know, when you leave the U.S. and you go to some of the countries where, um, you know, people are getting paid next to nothing. I mean, what we would consider next to nothing, right? Mm-hmm. Um the perspective of money is very different, right? <laughs> right. A thousand dollars in one of those countries can change somebody's life for a very long time. thousand right. dollars here, you can go blow it at Best Buy, you know, over the weekend. Yep. You know, so it's, it's a very different world. So he, this person has shared with me some of the, his experiences over, over the years and it's just absolutely uh, incredibly inspiring. And so his quote, uh, when we asked him was that um, money is freedom it is your friend if you treat it right and not the root of all evil. Generosity is part of what happens when you have money. And if you have enough, that's all you need. 
So like, there's a lot packed into that. I mean, that's probably four or five quotes in there. And I thought that that'd be a fun one for us to kind of look at some of the nuances there Mm -hmm. uh, because he's not, he's making a general, I think, statement compared to, I think what it, money is the cause of all root of all evil. Right. Right. Um, and he's saying, no, it's, it's not if you treat it right. Right. So that's back to perspective. Are you using money to enhance the things that are important to you? Like helping young people in developing countries have a better life and therefore impact or maybe lift up entire communities. Right. Or are you using money for things that at the end of the day, nobody's ever going to notice whether you did it or not. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this part, perspective, he is extremely um, philanthropic. So so he's approaching it from I have everything I need. I'm really happy with it. I have extra. So how can I lift up others? Um, I don't know. What, what do you think about that quote? For somebody that has had the opportunity to go overseas, uh, my wife and I spent two weeks in Africa uh, and I have had the opportunity to see what other cultures are like. And there was just a sense of joy uh, from on a world scale. Again, you step back from what we have here in the United States. So many of these people had nothing considered what our own kids have in schools, technology, but they had so much joy and they gave and they served and they loved and it was genuine. You could see it on their face. You could see it in their disposition and the way they greeted you. And we have such an individualistic uh, society here, which in and of itself is, again, not bad. It's all perspective. There's nothing bad with trying to build a dream and make a name for yourself. I mean, that's why all of us are here. But at the end of the day, it's what what is it all for? What are you doing with it? And I think what this quote shows us is, is money is a tool that can accelerate the dreams and the visions that you have for your life because you still mm-hmm. need money to do things. So even if you want to be an entrepreneur, but you have no money, you got to find money somewhere, whether you have the ability to cultivate it yourself or get a loan, because you need to be able to do the things that you envision in your mind. But as you start to build success and to accumulate money, what are you doing with it? You know what I mean? And, And as I think about that quote, there's nothing better than being able to provide for your family and for your kids uh, and to really have, when money doesn't have a hold on you, And I I once heard a quote that said, how much money is too much money? Because there are people that are afraid that they're going to have too much money and they they may not steward it well. And and the person said, it's too much money when when it takes the place of still being dependent on those around you. And when money can become this thing, this object, this idol in your life, it's to one person, $100 million isn't too much money because they steward it well. To one person, $10,000 is too much money because they blow it. So I think a lot of it is perspective, but I think what gets us in trouble is when we try to take very vanilla or blank slate statements and apply it to everybody. Because no one knows what it was like for you growing up. Nobody knows what it was like for me growing up. We had very different childhoods. We had very different parent structures. We had very different upbringings, which has formed who we are now as grown adults. So I can't tell you to live your life and you can't tell me, but I can look at the fruit and the things you produce in your life and tell pretty quickly of a person that I think you are. So I look at more, not the things that people own, but it's what do they do? Who are the people that I would want to follow in life? And for me, I think the biggest thing is hearing that quote, but then finding people in your life that if I probably asked you right now, who the most influential people are in your circle 
I don't know that you would necessarily think of top of mind, the wealthiest people. You would think of those that make a different impact on the lives, whether it's giving back of their time, their talent, their abilities. And so I love that quote because again, the focus is not money, but it's the perspective of what are you doing with it? Well, I think, I think in the very beginning, there's, he says money is freedom. And, and this is a word we use a lot of times when we're talking to people um, mm-hmm. about the concept of, of retirement. So I think that yep. that's where most people have accumulated enough money. They could say that there's freedom to it. Um, so you spend your whole life, say, you know, in your, your peak years saving up so that, you know, last chapter of your life, you can do whatever the heck you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I've stopped using the word retirement so much as more of the concept of financial freedom. When can you be financially free to do whatever you want to do? Right. And what does that cost? Yep. Okay. So there's your use of money. Now, now I understand how, why money's important because I want to be financially free to do what I want to do. The question is, do I know what I want to do? Mm-hmm. Right. Do I know what I want to be? Do I know the experiences I want to have? Do I know what I want to do? If I don't know those things, there's not a single amount of money in the world that's going to make me happy. I'm going to sit at home and I'm going to have anxiety about what's next. But if I know who I want to be and what I want to do and what I love and, and what I want to get into more, and it's not about, you know, logging in and seeing how big my, you know, my day trading account is or something like that. If it's really about going out and, and being a part of something and doing things that helps you quant. Like, what does it cost to do that? That is financial freedom. Financial freedom right. is when, when you're at the point where what you really want to do with the rest of your life or for a time period, even if it's not the rest of your life, for that time period, um, that you've got the financial resources to go do that. So you yep. have to know what you want to do. You can figure out what it's going to cost, and then you can figure out how, how do you save enough money to get to do that. So that's right. financial freedom, and that's what he means by that. And he, what he means by when you have enough, that's all you need, is what he's saying is, you know what, you know what freedom looks like for you. We all have, you know, we think about, I don't have to go to work anymore. What would I do? Some people still go to work because they love it. Right. But how many people love their work so much? They're still going to go. Some people volunteer. Some people would get into some other profession where they don't make much money, but they get a lot of fulfillment out of it. Some people will just travel. I mean, one of our clients said, I'm going to eat and drink my way around the world. All right. That's what financial freedom is for you. You get to go eat and drink your way around the world. So that's all you need then. If becoming financially free completes you, right? That is your dream. So you could do what you want to do with the, the limit. The most valuable thing you have is your time, actually. With the limited amount of time you have on this earth, if you can become financial free to do whatever you want, having enough money to do whatever you want, according to your value system there, that's all you need. I think you said something, though, that is worth spending another moment on if we will, which is a value system. People listening to this probably have a business. They're a part of a business. They're a part of a culture. I would imagine if they look around their office, there's probably big, grandiose words like confidence, transparency, trust, you know, all these big words. We as businesses have things that are guidelines and principles that guide our life. They are values. Why we do those is so if we if we feel comfortable enough to bring somebody else into this thing we're building, how long does it take them to become ingrained in the culture that they can take cues from the life around them every day and know who we are without even having to ask a question? We have value systems as business. Now, whether you act by those value systems is another question, 
Right. But it's very funny when it comes to our personal lives, how the things that we do in our day-to-day work, we leave at the door and we don't implement in our own personal lives as individuals. If we're married with our spouse, with our children, I would challenge many people listening to this. What is your value system? Is it written down? Do you know it? Is that the filter through which you live your life? Because what we have seen, Travis, is many of the people that we work with when they own a business or are part of a business know how to do things for the business. But when it comes right. to their own lives, they just struggle with it for some for some reason. So when you said value system, I just had to think of the person driving in their car, sitting in their office, listening to this. And if I asked them, what are your values? What do you live by? I just don't know that many people would be able to verbatim read off to you with conviction, right. who and what they stand for. Well, you know, think about that for a second, because you, you've seen that. Com- I, I love the commercial. It's a, for a particular insurance company. And they, I think it's an insurance company, but they got the, they got the don't become your parents commercial theme going on. I can confirm putting, that is an insurance company. Yes. Yeah. For 200. So they're, and they're, <laughs> and, and they're putting on double jeopardy, right? I'm going to make an extra wager. But anyway, they're putting on the wall, you know, the signs about in this house, we care, we love, we cherish, blah, blah, blah. Right. And the guy grabs him and he's throwing the signs away. And he's like, no, you really need a sign to, to prove that, you know, to, to make sure everybody's doing those things in your house. And that's the challenge with values. Um, and it gets back to what we said in the first segment here when we talked about um, when I was traveling around and asking people about their dreams. It's really easy to have to, to, to have inherited somebody else's values or dreams without really fully understanding uh, what they mean to you personally. Right. So when, when you make a decision to do something and you're heavily influenced by somebody else, do, are you making those decisions because that is who you are or are you making that decision because you're supposed to make that decision because there's judgment from somebody else who's saying, this is what we stand for. And businesses do this a lot. So like, like tying this back to business owners and things too, um, businesses, like you said, you walk in the door and you see all these, you know, signs everywhere about these values that we all live by. Um, as a business owner, if you want to really connect, uh, with your employees and with your clients or customers, um, you can't tell them what the values are, right? Right. It's a collection. It's a collective. They have to own the values too, right? Right. So when we're talking about money and we're talking about wealth and we're talking about connecting with our values, um, we have to understand who we are. We, we have to be introspective enough as people. Like, and that's where I go with the financial freedom part because retirement is something everybody's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Financial freedom is something that not a lot of people are talking about. Good. So what does financial freedom mean to you? We know right. what retirement means, right? That means to end. That literally means to like go away, to be gone. So everybody's like, I'm going to go away and be gone someday. Please pick me. No, you're not going to go away and be gone. You're going to be financially free so you can go do what you want to do. But what do you want to do? That's special to you. What's special to you is how you define wealth to you. Is it sitting with the grandkids every single day because you just can't wait to watch those kids grow up for every second that it's worth? Mm-hmm. That could be what's in, that could be wealth to you that your financial freedom allows you to cherish and nourish. That's great. So I think, again, a big part of what we're trying to bring in this 
close of this portion is what are your values? And I will challenge you listening to this. If you've never actually done this before, sit down with a pen and paper, think about the decisions and how you make them. And I think that's a really deep point because a lot of what we talk about is the behaviors behind our attitudes and how we make decisions. And I don't think we've always realized how much of maybe things we've carried from our parents or those that have influenced us growing up, how we make decisions. No one enjoys hearing from their spouse, you're acting like so-and-so. You want to <laughs> cut somebody really deep, tell them they're acting, oh, like, yeah. tell them they're acting like their mother and father. Oh, stop it. <laughs> because we don't realize we don't realize how sometimes we just do things unconsciously without even realizing We're it. We're programmed. So I think a big part of getting into a good place of overall health and wellness is understanding your values and what do you stand for and how do you make decisions? So if you've never done it before, take some time, think about it. But I think as we go over some of these next couple of examples, it will help bring together what we're talking about. So we just talked about what wealth means to somebody that we know. It's it's the freedom to do what you want to have the ability to do. Money in of itself is not evil. And we talked about values and having values for yourself, not just for your business, but for your own personal life. And I think one of the values that I appreciated from a client when we asked them, you know, what is wealth is that they said for them and their spouse, they want to get on the same page with their money in life. And I think that's probably one of the biggest breakdowns for most couples out there today is, again, thinking about the fact that we all came from different backgrounds, uh, different family structures where some of our parents talked about money at the table, some didn't. Some of us were taught about money. Some of us did not. You know, maybe you took your cues from reading a book growing up. Maybe you took your cues from your neighbors down the street and you maybe came from a household where you didn't have a lot, but you saw that one family down the street that looked like they had it all. But again, that, that family in that house may not have had healthy conversations about money. We never know what it's like on the inside, only as bystanders. And I know that there's a lot of people that if you ask them, one of the greatest things that could infuse life into them is if they felt like them and their spouse were on the same page making decisions when it came to money and life. And I know, Travis, as we've worked with people, there are typically one person in the couple that is usually the dominant person when it comes to finances. They're the ones that you know control things, not in an unhealthy way, but they're the ones that determine where things are. They make decisions. And the other one is kind of there along for the ride. Uh, either it's because they may not have the same understanding, maybe they just don't have interest, or maybe, just maybe, no one has ever asked them. A lot of times, again, when we meet with people, we ask for both couples to be present. And why? Because the way that you, as the business owner or the one managing the business, think or act or believe may be different from your one that is doing a different job or at home or has different understandings about money. The things that you value and what you want to do may not be the same thing as your spouse. And so when we talk about this idea of what is wealth, maybe wealth to you means one thing, but to your spouse, it means something completely different. Part of this idea of financial freedom is bringing this full circle to what if there was ability to help you achieve both, but to also develop a healthy way for having conversations around money and life? Well, I, I think if you start start from the business owner um, perspective, so mm-hmm. let's say that you're um, somebody who has a small family business, right? Um, so a small family business could be anywhere from you know a half dozen employees to you know, hundreds of employees, right? So small is kind of in the business world, kind of elastic there, right. Right. but somebody who's in, who's responsible for others and not mm-hmm. all just family members, you know, maybe some family members mixed in, but other people as well. Um, they've got the most dynamic, complicated um, spider web of relationships about money because 
they're the business owner. A lot of times they're also like the business manager, right? Um, they're also a parent. And a lot of times a parent to somebody participating with the business. And they're also, you know, a spouse, right? So they've, they, they're supporting a lot of different discussions about money at the same time, a lot of different viewpoints. The way that you look at money as a business owner or a business manager are different. Right. Mm -hmm. Like a CFO is worried about just the bottom line. The business owner, a lot of times being more on the visionary side of things, is worried about future growth and and and, and not necessarily worried about the bottom line that exact day. Right. Um, but when you go home and you deal with your family, you know, the 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 kids want things, the the spouse wants to do things right like that it's a completely different discussion about money when you go home from what you're dealing with at work and even right. at work whatever hat you're wearing you know you might be having completely different discussions mm -hmm. so so what can you learn from that what you can learn from that is that when we talk about couples talking about money or families talking about money or business partners talking about money or business leaders talking to their subordinates about money we're really talking about understanding, clearly understanding each other's perspective. It's right. not agreeing. Right. It's understanding where you're coming from. Yep. And how you handle this whole discussion about money in your life. Mm -hmm. Right. So what does money mean to you? So back to, you know, if you wanted to find wealth more of, um, uh, non-money things, but things that money can enhance. There's that, but then there's also, you know, evolving to the point to be able to have that conversation, right? right? And a lot of times if you're talking to somebody younger who's got their first job and they just want to buy a new car and, and get a nicer apartment, money to them is certainly just about how much money's in the bank, right? right? And if you're talking to somebody who's achieved a lot of money already, uh, money to them is not that. Money to them is probably something more, involved and outside of dollars and cents, but more into impact. Right. And so when I work with, we'll start with the business at the business owner level, when we're working with business owners that maybe are working as partners or um, trying to bring in like a new level of management or something like that. The, the biggest indicator to me that there's, there, there's going to eventually be an, a problem with the business is going to be that people are not on the same page about money. Right. Again, not, they don't have to agree about it, but they have yep. to understand the perspective of each party and respect it. Right. Mm -hmm. And they have to say, I understand where you're coming from. This is where I'm coming from. And we can put controls in place to make sure that we're managing within, you know, the expected outcomes. But I understand our strengths and weaknesses. Mm -hmm. Spouses have to do the same thing. Right. Spouses don't have to be exactly the same when it comes to money. In fact, some of the best relationships are the ones where they're opposites. For instance, I think that there are two types of people and I've only found two types of people. Really. I found people that lean towards spending a lot. If they got it in the checking account, it's going to go out the door. They're going to buy something with it. Right. Hmm. Um, or there's savers. Right. And they'll turn the heat off in the wintertime to save, you know, some extra nickels, even though they've got more money than they need. Right. And there's a, this anxiety among savers that it's not enough, no matter how big the pile is. Right. And there's this anxiety among spenders that they're going to miss out on opportunities, no matter, you know, how much they're doing. Right. They just got to mm -hmm. do it all today versus the other person says, well, I'm going to wait to do it until the most opportune time, which never actually comes. 
So in a relationship, if you're able to get a spender and a saver who understand where each other's coming from, right. what happens is a lot of times they'll pull themselves to the middle. Hmm. So the, the spender will say, hey, saver, let's have some experiences. You said you always wanted to go to Italy. You know, we're going to be 100 years old before you act, we have enough money to actually go. Right. Maybe we should go. We just won't stay at the Ritz-Carlton. And then the saver spending to saying to the spender, well, okay, if we're going to do that, we just have to budget it in. Right. And so right. there becomes a balance there and it's very natural and it's healthy. What's not healthy is when one person says, well, they do what they do. I don't know what they're doing and I do what I do. And I don't tell them what I'm doing because I don't, they don't get it. Right. And all mm -hmm. of a sudden now you've got this complete lack of communication about something that someday is going to come up. That's going to require interdependency most likely. Right. right? At some point in your life, if you're Working, you know, if you're in a relationship or if you're in a business, there's going to be an interdependency between people regarding how somebody else is handling money, mm -hmm. right? Or producing whatever, right? There's going to be some kind of key relationship there that if it's not healthy, all you're going to have is, I don't like the way you do things, right? Not, geez, I understand where you're coming from and maybe we've gotten farther together than we would have otherwise. And then you can take that to the kids, right? If you're a parent and you've got kids, let's get away from being a business owner here. Let's just say that you've got a pile of stuff. So it could be a business worth $10 million or it could be you know, $3 million in an investment account. So to somebody who doesn't have anything, yeah, you know, children a lot of times, they haven't accumulated the things that you have. That's an enormous amount of money. You are like richer beyond all rich to them. Right. I mean, that's they could, it's an amazing amount of money to them. And with that comes, you know, you say, well, whatever they think about of money is just that's their issue. And I'm going to have my views on money and we're not going to talk because I'll tell you what happens is, is the, the families that we've worked with where they have a healthy relationship or discussion about money within the family. So not only the spouses, but the spouses to the kids. Even if they think the kids spend a lot of money, those kids end up really well advanced when it comes to the first 10 years, let's say, of their careers and, and saving and becoming financially independent. So that, that relationship of like, we don't have to be exactly the same. We just have to understand where each other's comes from so that we can put up kind of some guardrails to protect us from getting off the tracks and we can have healthy conversations, understanding perspective. That is so key. And I can almost call it exact with relationships. When, when you have a relationship and the spouses refuse to, to get on the same page about money, yep. again, not, not necessarily perfectly agreeing on it, but just understanding where each other's coming from and where their situation is, almost undoubtedly that's going to end up in a fracture uh, mm. down the road because you just can't overcome it. When it, when it comes time to say, I'm going to be financial free, I'm done working. If one spouse can afford to do that and the other spouse can't, what do you think is going to happen with the spouse that can't? Right. Or the spouse at home that's like, I'm all done. Why can't you be all done? I want to go have experiences. And they're like, I can't. Right. So that will break eventually most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time. Well, and, and even to that point, you know, I think when we've done a number of speaking events together, we sometimes think of it as we have to have a conversation. Maybe you're listening to this and you know that you're not 
in the best of relationships with your spouse, significant other, you're listening to this. Some of this is resonating with you and you're nodding your head going, yep, I struggle with that. Yep. We don't have good conversations about that. And yep, that we just got in a fight yesterday, right before this podcast, I just got yelled at in the car as I was driving, right? Instead of thinking of it as a conversation, I'm just going to go home and we're going to talk about this tonight. Think about it as a series of conversations. If you were trying to roll something out as a business, uh, you would not sit your entire staff down that you were depending upon to help execute said projects and give them everything because it would be overwhelming. And some of this may be above their job and above their ability. It's not their fault. You have to break it down in ways that are not uh, being condescending to the person you're speaking to, but invite them to be a part of the problem solving or to be a part of the project. And so to think of this idea of what is wealth, Maybe to you, wealth is just getting on the same page as your spouse. Maybe this is the year. Maybe you've struggled for years to have healthy conversations around money. Maybe you have a lot of money and you don't know what to do with it. You have this concept of savers versus spenders. And is there a middle place? And you said, gosh, I just don't know. We've tried so many times to get on the same page. Don't give up. Find a way to have conversations and find a way to empower each other, uh, to really listen. But maybe also understand that if you need help, it's okay to get help. It's okay to have somebody sit across yeah. the table that's not a part of your relationship and not a part of your marriage and hear from both of you as to what's important. And again, going back to that first segment, if you don't have a value, value system written down as an individual, have a value system as a couple too as well. Have values for how you make decisions and how you see things. And what would you do if you had extra money? Or how would we do this? If you've told me that this thing is important to you, then I need to figure out how to make this happen because it's two equal sides. And I can't thrive. We've all been in this situation. Sometimes it's very difficult to thrive in a working environment when things are going well, if internally you know that you're struggling with things at home. No matter, oh, yeah. no matter yeah. how good things are going at work, if you had a fight, if you had a breakdown with your spouse or significant other, man, it eats at you all day long. And you can be listening to people that are sitting across the table from you. And in your mind, you're just replaying the conversation you had. What would it look like if you didn't have to have those kind of conversations or breakdowns anymore? How much more productive would you be in the work environment? How much more creative would you be? Because as human beings, it's fascinating how we can have nine of our fingers working extremely well, but if we hurt one finger, we pay all attention to that one. So part of this idea of what of wealth is maybe putting the why behind it yeah. more so at the forefront than the thing we'll get to down the road. So I think for this idea of my spouse and I getting on the right page is such a great one to break down for people. So as we just brought to light, you know, when you're, if, if financial freedom or wealth to you is getting on the same page as a spouse or significant other, we talked about, you can have everything on paper going well at work, right? But at home, if you just had a difficult conversation that can weigh on you. So how do you make sense, Travis, of this concept of trying to do your job well, accumulating more, but also keeping in light the values that you have along the way? So I know um, a lot of people who are executives or have made it up to that higher echelon level at, at, through work, or they, they own the business, uh, and they're making great money. And it's really hard for them ever to, to turn a page or change the chapter of their life, let's say, because they're like the money-making machine, right? They have assumed the role of, let's say, um, responsibility of generating enough money to support all these other how you know all these other people that are so reliant on them for their standard of living, right? Um, because they've figured out they're good at it, they can make money. And, and one of the things that happens, like we were talking about, 
in the last segment is when you go to work and you're not on the same page at home, so you go to work because you need to make money because, you know, you're getting a lot of pressure at home. You want to, people want to do something, whether it's your kids or your spouse or whatever, mm-hmm. or you're going to work and you're trying to build a business and the boss um, or your co-owners or whoever is pushing you uh, to kind of grow in a way that, you know, changes what your definition of financial freedom is, if you will. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it requires more out of you than maybe you're a lot, than you're capable of delivering. Um, we, a lot of times, because we're so conditioned to climb to the top, right. We think that if we just climb to the top, if we get in there and we just make more money, right. Or we advance more that that money is going to f- make everything happy. Right. Right. And the problem with that is that, it doesn't, it just creates more responsibility. Right. right. So we, we end up getting, getting tricked between finding happiness and acquiring responsibility. Mm-hmm. And really what we need to be thinking is back to that, that financial freedom. How do you get to being financially free? Whatever right. that means to you. Right. Right. Um, and, and that's such a challenge because we go to work and, you know, young people, they, they, they're making a lot of times, you know, when you're young and, and you go to school, you go, you tend to get into things that you've heard of from other people that you've idolized, you know, over the, over time or, or some kind of fun activity that you like, not because you've really thought through the financial ramifications over your lifetime of getting into that field or profession, right? If a lot of times it's got something else to do with it. And the finances never really came into it until after the fact, right? Um, so we get into jobs or careers that uh, maybe are lower paying at the beginning, but bring us fulfillment and long-term could bring us a decent financial return, but a lot of personal fulfillment really get us to the point where you know, we develop a lifestyle that we could get to financial freedom. It's just, maybe I don't have as big a house or as fancy a car as somebody else, mm-hmm. right? but we don't give it time to develop because we're in such a hurry to have the bigger house now or the bigger car now or something like that. Like we're getting this pressure because other people have it. And so therefore we have to get there. Right. And a lot of times that starts from either we put the pressure on ourselves or we're getting the pressure from somebody else in our life. Mm -hmm. And and, and that's where you have to be really strong and it's difficult. Um, And I don't think, you know, we're going to talk about, how the financial industry, I think, is a lot responsible for this. Right. Right. Um, I don't think that the, the 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 solution is is super simple. I think it is tough. Right. Um, but it certainly does carry over into our careers and our work life and and the decisions that we make around, you know, how we spend. Essentially, if you think about it, with work, you spend. God, it's got to be about a thirty year life at work, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So we've got to figure out a way to, to connect with that as we're trying to get the financial freedom. How do we take the money stress out of work as well? Right. How do we get there some to be some kind of with our day life in that first third? Right. How do we get some kind of symbionts with that so that we're not quite as stressed either? Well, it, you know, you might have maybe you're listening to this and you're finding that this is the year that you have to rediscover yourself. Maybe you have to reinvent yourself. You know, we've We've had in this podcast conversations with executives that you know may be high ranking in a job. Who knows what's happened to you uh, with COVID and jobs, and, and you, maybe you were in a job and that job was taken from you. So what is what is your identity? 
Maybe you found that you know business has suffered because of everything happening in the economy and across the world, and it's made you second guess what you're doing for a living because of things that have happened. I think when things get pulled out from under you, it really makes you take a step back and say, what is it all for? And what we want to try to do is empower you to not, not say what you have is bad, but maybe be able to have the ability to look at it a little differently and say, are there, are there things I wish I could have told younger self that maybe would have better prepared me to enjoy the ride a little bit more? Because what is it all for? If my health can go at any moment, my health can decline, my mind can go. You know, you spend all this time building your career, like you said, starting off, maybe not making a lot to build a name for yourself. You've moved up the ladder. Maybe now you own the company. Maybe you're a partner. Maybe you're making more money than you ever thought you would be making. Uh, and it's for a certain time frame in the future. When I get to this age or to this amount of money, well, what happens if your mind starts to go? What happens if your health starts to go? You know, what happens if you can't use it the way that you intended? What is it all for? So I think we want to try to help inject life. Again, the part of this podcast is getting more out of your money and life. So we have to try to get you to get more out of your money and life. That's why you're listening to this. Right. So we, we want to ask you questions, again, not in judgment or in condemnation, but to get you to maybe rethink things in maybe a different light by adding context to what other people are doing, to not shame you in any way. Right. But maybe you find yourself listening to this and you're driving. You said, you know what, man, I've been listening to this entire podcast episode and I just know things with my spouse aren't going well. I'm not communicating with my kids. Maybe you've been where I've been before and you've been at home, present with your family, but you're not present. I mean, people are talking to you, dad, mom. And your mind is so you're worried else. about money or you're worried about money or, or project deadlines or that yeah. call that you just missed from the perspective client. I, I think that there's I, I I've gone through this in my life and 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 building our firm and things like that. Um and I would say that you could get lost in the minutiae of the rat race, right? Mm -hmm. So um especially if you're a high fun, you know, in 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 a in a high high level job where you're very high functioning and, and it never stops, right? Like you literally, you could work 24 hours a day and still not dent the work. Right. And so there's people who, who understand this. What happens then is you become so engrossed in it right. that, you know, whatever the, uh, the feeling of the day is, whether it's exciting because you, you you've done something amazing or whether it's stressful because something didn't go right or whatever it is. Um, and you just, it's almost like you black out. Yep. It, you don't know it until after the fact. What happens is, is three or four years down the road, you look back and you can't really remember anything that happened in the last three or four years, other than the fact that, you know, you spent a lot of late nights at the office or a lot of nights at the, in your office at home when everybody else went to bed. Right. right. And that's all you can remember. You can't remember the vacation that you went on because you were working the whole time. You can't remember any of that kind of stuff. So I think that it, it's really easy to get stuck in that rat race where, um, I'm doing this, but why the heck am I doing this? Right. <laughs> what's, what's the light at the end of the tunnel? Because when you have, when you, when you know what you want with your financial freedom, you now have permission mm -hmm. to do it differently. Yep. Right. You don't have permission. You can't give yourself permission to go against being a saver or a spender or whatever type of person that you are if you can't define what it means to be financially free. Mm -hmm. 
because you just can't climb that mountain. You can't get over the peak. It's always going to block you. If you don't know what it means to you to be financially free, there's no way you can give your permission to work less, make less money, save less, spend a little, right? Spend less, save more. You can't, you can't justify it in your head because you have no idea what it means. And that is the single biggest, I think, thing that's holding people back is not defining what all this means to them. And to them personally, in a way, when they go to sleep at night, it's like giving themselves a hug where they know that they're taking care of themselves because they know what they want out of it and they've made actions to take care of themselves. And so often we're not talking about it like that. So often we're making it sound like there's some kind of hocus pocus thing a financial advisor can do and fix all this for you and everybody will be happy and only yeah, which we're going to get into just that right now. Well, and this will be a good segue. So in this podcast episode, episode two, we've talked about this concept of what is wealth. It's a very vague word. It's, it's, it's driven and influenced by a lot of things. Today, we wanted to give you a, a peek into the lives of others and how they view wealth to give you some kind of real world example of what other people think about. Maybe it has inspired you. Maybe it's downright convicted you in a way that you've said, you know what? I got to work on some, some stuff. I got to get some things right. I know I need work. You know, I've been pointing the finger for a long time at other people, but if I'm if I'm being honest, the only person that controls my happiness is me. And if right. I want to be happier, maybe there's some things I got to change. That's okay. There's grace. You know, let's let's address it. But maybe you've gotten to this point where you said, you know what, I'm going to write down my values as an individual. I'm going to write down my values as a couple. But we also want you to know that you didn't get necessarily to the place that you're at on your own. There were some influential things at play. And so in the next episode, we want to break down maybe what the financial industry has done to also cause you to believe some of the places that you've got to and how did you get to that. So next episode, we want to break down the financial industry, um, undress it a little bit more, talk about this concept of money versus wealth, and help give some understanding as to some things that you may want to consider. Thanks for listening. Ready to ditch the suits? Remember, it's your money and your life. For more information, visit seedpg.com. That's seedpg.com. If this podcast has impacted you, we ask that you subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. And be sure to share with a friend.